Um, this month we've been exploring our Christian heritage and the dynamics of our Christian heritage. We've been looking at some of the dynamics of our Christian heritage. And um, this morning I want to talk about uh, that aspect called triumph, triumph, triumph. It's one of uh, the dynamics in our walk with God. It's one of the things that stands out in our relationship with God as children of God, as born-again believers. One of the things that stands out in our relationship, in our walk with God, is triumph. Hallelujah. Somebody say triumph. Hallelujah. The believer is blessed in, in, in diverse ways. And um, one of the greatest blessings ever available to the believer is the word of God. We're blessed in many ways, but one of the blessings available to us is the word of God. You see, in the word of God, we see the will of God. So we can call the word of God the will of God. So in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, for instance, when he said, if you ask anything according to my will, I hear you. He was actually saying, if you ask anything according to my word, I hear you. And so we know that we are blessed because we have the will of God. We can look into the word of God and we know what God wants to do. Anytime we open our Bible, anytime we take our Bible, we can attest that we know the will of God. Now that means that in your life, in my life, we are not left without a knowledge of the will of God. We are not like everybody else who is just wandering about, struggling, hustling, trying to find uh, what will happen later on in their lives. Right from the beginning, right from the get-go, God tells us from his word what he wants to do in our lives. And so we know his will because we know his word. Praise the Lord. And so in the word of God, we see also the surety of the promises of God or the will of God. God makes us, uh, God makes us aware as we read the word that everything he has in plan for us, it is true. He doesn't, he has not decided to change his mind. He's not going to change his mind. So anytime you open your Bible, God gives you surety. He gives you assurance. He lets you know that the promises is made in the word, they are true, they are binding, and they will stand, they will come to pass. We see this in the word of God. Now, the key issue is that his word to us can become his covenant with us if we will allow. It is not everybody who receives the word of God that the word of God becomes God's covenant with you. For God, his word is his covenant if we will come into covenant agreement with him. You see, a covenant cannot be entered into by one person. A covenant must be entered into by two parties. And so what God does is that he gives the word. It's a promise. But when we agree to the word and we decide to walk by the word, it becomes a covenant between us and God. And so anytime you take your Bible, anytime you take your Bible, you lift it up, you read it, anytime you're looking at it, anytime you listen to somebody preaching, telling you about the promises of God, uh, telling you about the word of God, they are actually telling you the promises of God. As to whether it will become a covenant, it is between you and God. Praise the Lord. You see, be before I knew this, before I knew this, I was having so much difficulty concerning some of the things God has said about us. Now I realize that there are many of us who hear the word of God, they will just be promises. It's not every promise that is meant to be fulfilled. Some promises are conditional. Actually, the promises of God are conditional. And so God bases the fulfillment of these promises on our ability or inability to 
get along with him, to connect with him, walk with him. And so if we can do that, it becomes a binding covenant between us and God. I pray that this year, if you don't do anything for yourself and your family, you make a covenant with God. I said you make a covenant with God. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, the Bible uh, takes time to explain to us Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. And the Bible takes time to explain to us uh, what this is all about. He says that Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant. So in Jesus, we have a better covenant. And the Bible says that this covenant is established upon better promises. So covenants are established on promises. And the Bible says that the one we have is the better one. He uses the word better because he's just comparing between two, the old and the new. Praise the Lord. He, he's not even comparing all the others, the Buddhist and the Baha'i and all those others. He, they don't even register at all. So he just does a comparison between the two, the old and the new. And he says that what we have, the new, is better than the old. Hallelujah. And so on a day like this, as I teach about triumph, I could explore many promises, uh, many promises in the word of God, but I don't want to go into that. I just want to pick up that one promise of triumph, one promise that God has given us of triumph. And this is a promise God has given us. In 1 Corinthians, I will use a few verses to just uh, try to bring your attention to what I'm trying to teach this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57, one of our favorite scriptures as a church. Um, he says that, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we know that one of the things we have in Jesus, we have the, we have the, now that means that we can call the Christian life the victorious life. You can change your name to Victoria or Victor. Once you are born again, you can add Victor or Victoria there somewhere. Because in Christ, you are a Victor or a Victoria. Praise the Lord. What can I teach this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, uh, chapter 2 verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Let's pick that one also up. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, not sometimes, which always caused us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. The Bible says that he always makes us to triumph in Christ. And wherever we go, he makes the, the, uh, the smell, the savor or the taste of his knowledge available through us. Let's put in the amplified version and let's, let's enjoy Let's enjoy the word of God this morning. I promise not to run. I'd rather teach um, line upon line, precept upon precept. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance mm, of the knowledge of God everywhere. So when we walk into a place, people smell God. They, they, they can smell God whenever we walk into a place. Isn't that wonderful? And this is, this, these are promises that are given us that God will always make us to walk in triumph. Always. He will lead us in triumph. I picked two other scriptures. I want to, they are long, but I'll still read them. Um, Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 to uh, 5 and then Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 to 6. Let's start from Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 to 5. And I want to add all of them so that when I start teaching, you can get the whole drift. 
And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven out of, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of the law of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. He and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. Finally, Revelation 22, 1 and 6, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God out of the, and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more cares, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and shall reign, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he, and he, and he said unto me, these things are true, are faithful and true. And, and, the Lord of, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Praise the Lord. So um, the first category, uh, the, the first Corinthians 15, 57, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, talks about our life here on earth and the triumphs. Uh, that God is willing to give us during our lifetime here on earth. And then the second category, uh, Revelation chapter 21 verse 1 to 5, Revelation chapter 22 verse 1 to 6, talks about our life after here as Christians. That is that if we live for God, if we serve God, when we leave this place, there's a place we are going to and he shows us what that place is like. And so he caters for our life on this side and life on the other side. Praise the Lord. So he caters for our present state and then also our future state. Now that means that for every child of God, what God is trying to say is that you are covered. I have promised you triumph over every earthly thing. And then also when you depart from the earth, if you are in me when you depart, I have promised you triumph over everything where you are going. I especially like the one from Revelation chapter 21 because he says that in that city, there will be no crying, there will, no, there will be no tears, there will be no sickness, and there will be no dying there. In Revelation chapter 22, he makes it special. He says there will be no night there, and we would not need any light because God himself will be with us in that city. That will be a glorious place. Hallelujah. And so before we get there, before we get there, we will get there, not now, but before we get there, he's made promises and he tells us that in Christ Jesus the victory is ours the victory is ours now 
these promises are powerful. They are insightful. Considering that sometimes as we look at our lives, even those of us who are born again, and as we look at the things that go on, and are, uh, go on around us, uh, many times we feel that we have failed. We feel that things are not exactly where God has promised or God said they should be. Sometimes people look at us, they look at one of our situations or one circumstance in our life and they feel that if God is with you like you say he's with you, then this and this ought to be happening in your life. If God is with you like you say, then maybe you ought not to be where you are. You ought to be in another place. Do you ever feel that sometimes? Do you ever feel that sometimes? I'm not running. I want to talk to human beings. Do you feel that sometimes? Church people are sometimes like robots. They are waiting for pastor to shout. And even all those who were in bad places last night will come and put a seed on the altar. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Can I, can I talk to human beings this morning? Amen. Can, can I talk to human beings this morning? Hallelujah. And every, every now and then you feel like that. Every now and then you feel like that. I especially feel like that every time I stand up to preach because I see people looking at me and they don't know what to expect when I stand up to preach. You know, the first Sunday I preached was, I mean, one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life because um, one of my friends was trying to get me not to preach. And he felt that if you stand up there, what are you going to say? I said, I will preach. He said, I know, you read the scripture, but in between reading the scripture and finishing, you have a lot of time. What if you break down and you begin to weep? He had a valid point, praise the Lord, because he felt that with what I'm going through, it must be very difficult for me to be able to say that God is faithful, God is loving, God is all wise, and God is all knowing. Praise the Lord. And, and it makes sense. We all feel that. We all go through that. But you see, when we read the word of God, as we go through the word of God, we begin to see the will of God. And in the will of God now, we see his promises to us. And if we can receive those promises and begin to walk by them, they become God's covenant with us. And so I especially took time to preach from the book of Mark chapter 4, 35 to 41, because there are a few things I want to share with you. The same story story can be seen in Matthew chapter 8, 18 to 27, Luke chapter 8, 22 to 25, but I especially chose the, the account of Mark. And in the narrative, we see that the narrative is really about verse 35, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. The story is really about Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And, and I want you to look at this story well, because this morning I'm talking about the triumph of a believer. I'm talking about triumph. I want you to pay attention to this story because it will make a lot of sense. Anytime you're going through your struggles, anytime you're going through your, your trials, as you look in the word of God, as you look in the will of God, these promises from God will carry you through to the place where God wants to send you to. Can I, can I, can I preach this morning? All right. So he, he tells us, you see, in verse, 20, uh, verse 35, he tells us that Jesus spoke to the disciples. And when he spoke to them, what he said was that, let us pass over onto the other side. Jesus said it. He said, let us pass over to the other side. He didn't send them to the other side. He was going to go with them to the other side. Isn't, isn't that wonderful that every step of the way, everything you go through, even when there's 
tragedy, even when there's sorrow, even when it looks like it didn't work out, Jesus will be present with you. There is not a place in your life where he's going to abandon you by yourself and leave you to your own devices or the devices of men and say to you, you are on your own. Manage on your own. But what he says is, let us go to the other side. That means that God himself is going to be involved with you every step of the way. I like that hands-on approach that God uses because it lets me know that no matter where I find myself, I may get confused many times, but my confusion does not say that God is not with me. I may be confused. I may think he's not there, but he's going to be with you every step of the way. So whenever you read, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil, for I know he is with me. It's actually true because he said, let us go to the other side. Every one of us sitting here this morning, as we are finished with the month of September, we're looking forward to the month of October, and I dare say that every one of us here is believing God that in the month of October, we will be at the other side of where we have been in the month of September. If certain things have not happened this month, at least next month, we are believing God that God will make those things a reality in our lives. Am I speaking to the right people? And the, the promise, what he says to us is that I will go with you. He says, let us go to the other side. Say, I'm going to the other side with Jesus. I want you to, I want you to pay attention to verse 35 because the whole story is about verse 35. That is where it started. That is where everything started when they were with Jesus and Jesus said, let us go to the other side. You see, in let us go to the other side, we see the sovereignty and the power of God over every issue in our lives. If he had not said let us go to the other side. Some of the things that we read about, some of the things that happened in this story would not have happened in this story. But they happened because he said, let us go to the other side. And so we read in the story, and like you already know, after he said, let us go to the other side, there was a storm. And now many of us, we are afraid to venture out with God because whenever God says, let us go to the other side, many of us begin to perceive the storms that can come on the way when God says let us go to the other side and sometimes we feel that in the storms God will abandon us God will leave us alone, God will not be there with us but let's pay attention, you see as we examine this story carefully as we read this verse 35 carefully we, we see we see four things about God that I want you to pay attention to, number one we see the will of God number two we see the actions of God when we are going through our struggle Number three, we see the power of God. And number four, we see the determination of God for every single situation we pass through. Can I take time and work on it? Number one, we see the will of God. The will of God in this story is seen in verse number 35. In verse number 35, the will of God is simply this. Let us go to the other side. If, you, if anybody asks you, in case you are confused because of where you are and what is going on in your life, and anybody asks you, what does God want to do? You tell them, God wants me to go to the other side. Do I have believers in the house? What does God want you to do? That is the will of God for you. God has never determined for you to remain where you are permanently. It's a lie. God wants you at the other side. Every one of us, the will of God for you is he wants you at the other side. That is the will of God. And you need to pay attention 
attention to the will of God. All the time, in everything you do, you need to pay attention to the will of God. Somebody say, other side, other side. Then number two, so the will of God is seen in that. Number two, we see the actions of God when we meet problems on the way to the other side. This is seen in verse number 38. In verse number 38, on the way to the other side, Jesus had said they should go to the other side. On the way, in verse number 38, when there was a storm, we see the actions of God. He was asleep. Is that in your Bible? He wasn't asleep nearby. He was asleep in the hindermost part of the ship. He wasn't close by. He wasn't easily accessible. He was far away from them and he was asleep. Praise the Lord. Isn't that also wonderful? Praise the Lord. Some people are saying, so, so what's pastor going to say now? Yeah. Number three, we see the power of God. And so number two, we see the actions of God when we are going through our struggles. Many times when we are going through our struggles, God is very quiet. There's a reason. I'll, I'll take time and work on all of that. And God is very quiet many times when we're going through our struggles. There's a reason for that. And number three, we see the power of God. We see the power of God in verse 39, verse 41. When he rose up, he rebuked the storm. The storm was quiet. And in verse 41, the people were so shocked. They said, what manner of man is this? That even the storms and the waves obey him. So that's the power of God. That he can speak to anything and anything must respond to him. When he speaks, anything and everything must respond to him. Hallelujah. Verse 40, we see our number four. The fourth thing is God's expectations, God's determination for everything we go through. His expectations. What are God's expectations concerning us as we receive his will and we are living by his will? God expects that what he teaches us in the darkness we must, what we he teaches us in the light, we must live with it in the darkness. And God also expects that sometimes the things that he teaches us, that's number one, the things he teaches us in the light, we must live with it in the darkness. Then he also expects that sometimes the things we have learned in the darkness, when darkness comes, we must live with it. So God won't always be talking to you every day following you. My friend, come here. Pass here, pass here, pass here. No. God expects that what he tells you, you must live with it. Now, if you look at verse 40, he wasn't happy with them. He was angry with them. Is that in your Bible? In verse 40, he was not patting them on the back and telling them, you know, guys, I'm so happy with you. I like the way you are handling the situation. You've done very well. You know, when you come to heaven, I'll give a special seat to every one of you. That's not what he's saying in the scripture. In verse 40, he's angry with them and he's asking them, why are you so fearful? What, how is it that you have no faith? He had been preaching and he had been preaching before this, uh, before this particular story. He had been teaching, he had been preaching about faith. And now he's, he's angry that after listening to him all this while, they still don't have any faith. Praise the Lord. Now let's put all four things together. And so here then, we realize something. There's something that we see. God is trying to communicate something to us. God is trying to communicate to us that in whatever we go through, we must pursue his will. Our focus must be on his will. Whatever we go through, we must be pursuing the will. In the scripture, what was the will of God? What was the will of God? 
In the scripture, the way was, let us go to the other side. And so he was thinking that even in the storm, they should have known that he that said, let us go to the other side, he is able to take them to the other side. But the thing is that they couldn't believe him, and so they became afraid. Now, what he's telling us then from the second thing is that when we see, when we see that it seems, or when we perceive that God is asleep in our storm, don't look at what God is doing. Look at what he said. Today I won't be preaching long, so you have to like, try and get what I have to say. He said, when he's, he's sharing with us that when it looks like I'm sleeping, don't focus on what I'm doing. Focus on what I said. He's showing you, he's showing you that my word is more important than what I do. And so once you receive my word concerning a situation, I want you to take that word. I want you to learn to live with that word because sometimes it might look like I'm sleeping. But remember I said we are going to the other side. And so I said it but I'm sleeping. Don't worry about my sleeping. What I said is more important than what I'm doing. So I said I'll bless you but I'm blessing this one. Don't worry about that. That's not your problem. Worry about what I said because I will not do what I'm doing in his life. I will do what I said for you. And so this one might seem to be enjoyed. But what did I say to you? Hey God, you made me a promise. But now as I look around, it's like you are sleeping. I want to preach a little this morning. Can I preach this morning? And so he had promised them, I'm taking you to the other side. And he was sleeping. I want to think about this for a moment. Do you see that when he was sleeping, they went to wake him up. And when they woke him up, he rebuked the storm. That is something the church knows and that is something the church believes. We say from the time of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Well, I want to find out from the church this morning. What if you are not violent enough? Are you always going to have the strength to be violent? We believe in the God that can calm the storm but do we believe in the God that can sleep through the storm we believe in the God that can silence the storm but how about the God who in the storm he will not speak a word he's motionless he's not doing anything and he's sitting quietly in your storm do you believe that that God if before the storm he told you I will take you to the other side when the storm arises he can take you to the other side And, and this is profound because we have been brought up to think that God always needs my intervention. Do you know, do you know that if you wake him up, you will go. If you don't wake him up, you will go. Because what he said is, let us go to the other side. Can I, can I preach? Ooh. I won't be long. Let me, let me just finish. Let, let me just finish. Can, can I preach this morning? And so it seems to me then, 
God is drawing our attention to his word, not his actions. And many of us in the church believe so much in the actions that we see. We're looking at other people. They got a new car. They got a new house. Look at this one. Look at this one. Look at that one. And God, what about me? What has God said to you? God wants you to treasure his word above what you see him doing because he doesn't watch over his actions. He said, I will watch over my word to perform it. So if you have received a word from God, that is what God is watching over to perform and so God is saying trust in my power even when I'm asleep. Now this scripture is more important to me because as I begin to think about it, think with me for a moment. Do you think that Jesus would have been in the boat and allowed himself to drown in the boat when he knew that he was destined for the cross? Do you think that Jesus would allow the waves to kill him and them at the same time? No, it is not possible when it seems like God doesn't have a plan. God has a plan. It's you that is afraid. It's you that does not know whether you get there or not. So every now and then when the storms arise and it looks like God is asleep and it looks like God is not moving, remember what he said. Paul said, I know who I have believed and I know who I have committed my life into his hands and I know he's able to take care of that which I have committed into his hands. And that's why the promises of God are precious and they must be precious to you. Whenever you start going through the trials of life, child of God, remember the promise. God said you will triumph. There is not one situation in life that I will allow to bring you under. It doesn't matter. It may look deadly. It may look very bad. But God said I will not allow anything to bring you under. So the God of all knowledge are you telling me that God did not know that the storm will arise because the Bible said he's, uh, he's a God of all knowledge and so he knew that there will be a storm on the way but he fell asleep. Why didn't he stay awake and silence the storm before going to bed? Why is it that in verse 41 in verse 40 he was angry that they woke him up because of the storm. He was expecting them to know that when I say I'm taking you there, the storm doesn't matter. When I say I'm going to do it, they, they might deny you but it doesn't matter. When I say I will give it to you, everybody can hide it and lock it down but it doesn't matter. He created the world out of nothing. The Bible said by faith we understand that the world comes from words that do not appear. God can call everything out of nothing including your destiny, including your story. It may not look like that but God is up to something. I thank God. You see when my God is asleep he's better than when men are awake. All the men were awake and they could do nothing. It took the one that was asleep to come and solve the problem. I think they should have left him sleeping. What I want you to learn child of God is to come to the point where you have so much faith in God that sometimes you don't need to talk too much. Sometimes you don't need to explain yourself when people are talking too much and they ask you where is your God? Look at what is going on. Why don't we go somewhere? You tell them I know what my God told me. I know where my God said he's taking me. I know what my God said he's going to do. I know what my God has said about me and it doesn't matter what is going on. Come hell or high 
water. My God is a faithful God. My God is a true God. And if he said it, he will do it. Am I preaching to the right people? Can you slap your neighbor with a high five? Say there is no limit to my God. Whether he's awake or whether he's asleep, he can do what he said he will do. Uh, go back with me to the book of Genesis and let's think for a moment what happened on the seventh day when God was resting. Was that the day that the devil took over the world and the devil began to wreck chaos in the world. You see because I remember even Jesus in his death was more dangerous to Satan than when he was alive. It was when he died that he went and he took the keys of hell and Hades and he brought back to life all that were dead. Ah my goodness he can do that when he dies. How much more when he's alive. I want you to know. Think about it scientifically. When the man is asleep the man is not dead. His faculties are active and that's why when you sleep on your bed you don't fall off your bed because psychologically even though your body is resting your mind knows if you move too far you fall off the bed and so when you sleep your mind keeps you on the bed. That's why when you are mature like we are mature you don't wee wee on your bed because you can be deep in sleep but when the wee wee is coming the brain just shuts off the, the, the sleep and you wake up and say I'm going to wee wee that's why when you want to poo poo you can be dead asleep but when the poo poo is ready the brain shuts off the poo poo and all of a sudden you wake up and you go and do it what God is trying to tell you this morning I can be asleep but I'm not dead I may be inactive but I'm not dead I'm still there I'm still there I'm still there and I'm still a part of your story and I'm still a part of your life everybody might ask you where is your God but tell them what I told you I'm taking you to the other side and that's where we are going if we are going to go to the other side then all we have is the promises of God we lay hold on the promise of God and we remember everything that God has said and so I want to prophesy to this church there is triumph for the children of God we are coming out of our every storm we are coming out of our every difficulty our God knows how to bring us out it doesn't matter how deep we are in that trouble God will bring us out God will bring a testimony out of us can you give somebody a high five say I think he's talking about me he's talking about what is going to happen to me that's my destiny that's my heritage I'm a child of God thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ our Lord whose is the victory the victory is mine whose is the victory the victory is mine who is going through the storm I'm going through the storm. If I were not going through the storm, how could God give me a victory? I can tell you this morning, in all that you are going through, ah, we are more than conquerors. Can I preach this morning? There's somebody that is coming out and you are coming out with favor. You are coming out with triumph. Numbers 23 and verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said it and will he not do it? Had he spoken and shall he not make it good? What has God said to you? What has God said about you? God is not a man that he should lie. What did he say? He said we are going to the other side. Can anybody stop him? The last time I checked in the Bible, the Bible 
Bible said, who is he that shall say a thing when God has not said it? And can it come to pass? If my God has said it, it will surely come to pass. For to subvert a man in his cause, the Lord approved it not. What is the cause for your life? We are going to the other side. What is the cause for your destiny? We are going to the other side. What is the cause for your family? We are going to the other side. Let nobody stop you. That is where we are going. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you. He also, he will do it. The caller is not a disappointer. The caller is also a doer. If he called you, he will do it. I said, if he called you, he will do it. Can I dance a little this morning? God is going to do it. God will bring it to pass. Go back and tell all of them. Instead of crying, we are going to be praising God. Instead of being silent, we are going to be screaming the praise of our God. Because our God is faithful and our God will do it. Somebody scream, he's faithful. Shout, he's faithful. Yeah, I like this one. The Bible gives him that name. And the Bible calls him a faithful God. Do you know what that means? That means he doesn't lie. He doesn't know how to lie. He's never told a lie before. And he can tell a lie. I want you to go home this Sunday morning. The last Sunday in the month of September. As we've been looking at our heritage as Christians. And I want you to know that victory is your portion. As long as you are in Christ. Victory is your portion portion i said as long as you are in christ victory is your portion today these are the summary of your life the summary might look like you are not going anywhere but the details of your life don't let people worry with the summary of your life so and so happened to him so and so happened to her that's the summary of your life the details of your life is that victory is your portion am i speaking to the right people and so Paul the apostle closes Romans chapter 8 and he closes with an exaltation which I want to close with this morning and this is what he says he says in verse 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ what shall separate us who shall separate us from the love of Christ the love is too much the love is too deep the love is too much he said there is nothing that can separate us so he said shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword in verse number 36 look he says as it is written for thy sake for God's sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter every day for God they will say we are nothing every day because of God they will call us the dung of the air but it doesn't matter because in verse number 37 in verse Verse number 37 he tells us nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us where are my men and women of triumph where are the victorious ones the victory is your portion God will give you strength over that addiction God will give you strength over that problem God will give you strength over that situation God will give you victory you are going to rise above it the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear that God he is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid I want to tell somebody a thousand can gather together against you but they will fall for your sake a thousand by thy right hand side ten thousand 
him by thy left hand side but no evil shall come near the place of your dwelling in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us he doesn't end there look at verse number 38 I like 38 he says for I am persuaded he says for I am convinced me I am convinced after studying the thing for a long time after following him for a long time I am persuaded my mind is already made up it's already settled in my spirit I am persuaded that there is nothing there is no death no life no angels no principalities no powers no things present no things to come things present things to come nothing can separate us from the love of God I know where I'm going I hope you know where you are going I know what my life is about I hope you know what your life is about I know what God is about to do I hope you know what God is about to do when he said let's go to the other side nothing is going to stop us we are going to the other side we are going to the other side anytime you hear me screaming anytime you hear me shouting anytime you see me jumping it's not because of anything there's a promise I'm going to the other side can you give three people a high five he's prophesying about me I'm going to the other side my family is going to the other side they may ask you but how about where you are tell them it doesn't matter what he's doing now doesn't matter what matters is what he said that is what we know he said we're going to the other side my goodness I feel a shouting anointing that's what we're going to do we're going to the other side we're going to the other side somebody scream somebody give God a shout and I want it to simmer in your spirit like you are steaming some meat every day you keep looking at the promises and other people are looking at what God is doing you see that's why you are embittered you are not looking at the right direction can I preach you are not looking at the right direction do you know that anytime you get to the traffic light, you're supposed to be looking at the one in front of you, not the one in front of me. When mine is red, it doesn't mean yours is green. When mine is red, it takes some time before yours becomes green. Anytime you look at mine, you make a mistake. Don't look at my traffic light. Keep looking at the word of God. Keep looking at the word of God. Keep looking at the word of God. When mine is red, don't worry, it's not time yet. But when God says it's time, nobody can stop him and nothing can stop him. There's somebody here in the midst of all that has happened. God will get the praise in your life. The victory is yours. The victory is yours. The victory is yours. We are going to the other side. I said we are going to the other side. I said we are going to the other side. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. Nothing will stop us. We are going to the other side. Somebody give God a praise. Oh, shatalabakosha.